0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه السلام عليكم and a very warm welcome to our program here on Radio Islam Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us iman health life to witness another day. To experience many more moments and inshallah we pray they are in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remembrance always ameen at the time that this program will air inshallah many of our young ones and many of us who are continuing with our learning journey will be in that phase of life getting ready to go back to school or uni or madrasa and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala place plenty of barakah it's also a busy time of the year for people in the medical profession dental profession many of us going for our checkups and just making sure everything's all good before we start another school or work here. And today we're talking about one aspect of that. We're joined in the program today by a very special guest who is going to educate, inform us on a beautiful sunnah of Nabi Muhammad and a sunnah that is, like all sunnahs, remarkable in how it affects and impacts us spiritually, dentally, and in many ways, insha'Allah. It's an honor, a great honor, alhamdulillah, and a pleasure to have on our program today Dr. Hawa Bibi Muhammad, a doctor who graduated from the University of Wadwati in 1989, went on to do her master's in dentistry. Appa Doctor is a graduate of Zainab Institute, where she completed her alima course and remains a student of deen, walhamdulillah. Appa Doctor, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Radio Islam.
1: Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hafiza Appa Rihala. This is a pleasure for me. It's an honor to be on your show. And as you are, you are truly amazing an absolute ocean of knowledge and we did the riboside challenge a few years ago together and when i saw your name on the list i just smiled because i was in <laughs> to me and you didn't know but you were my inspiration for those 10 days
0: Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. At the time that we are recording this, uh, dear listeners, to put things into context, please, if you if you don't know about the Rabatta challenge, please research because it is such a game changer of the Hijjah, as, as apa would be a testament, and jazakumullah khair for your kind, beautiful words. May Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala forgive my shortcomings and make me as you are and guide us always. Ameen. And uh, yes, inshallah, Dr. Tamara herself will be in Malaysia. She'll be here next month, inshallah. So we're looking forward to continue benefiting uh, from her, inshallah. And today, we are very honored to be benefiting from your knowledge, from your expertise, uh, and it's such an inspiration indeed. Because we are often telling our daughters, our young girls, that you know you can, like the Palestinian women, be having your Dini knowledge and be benefiting the ummah through other knowledge that is beneficial. And mashallah, you are that example for us in our community where a person can go, can study, can further the knowledge, can contribute to society, to the community, both in terms of dunya, in terms of a helpful person but also virtually as well so this is really having someone who can we can learn from on both levels and I think that is so important for our young girls who listening on the program or many of them thinking what career to take how to be able to work towards their dunya and akhirah, like the du'a of Rabbana atina fi dunya and tabarakallah, you are that example for us a living example in our community and these are the examples that we need Allahumma barik, inshallah. Um Inshallah, uh, Doctor, if we can begin uh, by, by asking you, we have listeners from many different parts of their journey. Some are reverts, some are thinking of becoming Muslim, some are practicing, let's go back to the basics. Can we understand, what is the miswaq, uh, we talk about a miswak or a toothbrush tree, could you tell us a bit more please about the origin, about
1: the history? Uh, the miswak is an Arabic word denoting a tooth cleaning stick. it's a natural oral aid. it is pencil shaped. most people are familiar with it, but for those that don't know, it is about a hand span in length and a finger's width in diameter. and one end is uh, soft. one end of the stick is softened in water and sharpen to get a bristle-like effect. You can sharpen it by chewing it or cutting with a knife. I have a very trendy miswak scissor, which is something new. It's gifted to me by my mentor, sister Amina Mullah from Britt. It has become my most prized possession. It saves time and safer to use. So Uh miswak was by the Babylonians 7,000 years ago. And then by the Greeks and the Romans and the Egyptians, its usage is also a pre-Islamic custom, which ancient Arabs used in order to get their teeth white and shiny, as this was associated with beauty and attractiveness. The miswat was also used by all the Anbiya, alayhis salam, Nabi sallallahu used it, and many ahadiths have been narrated about its virtues. Islam teaches us the importance of tenderness of the body and basic oral hygiene is incorporated as a very significant religious practice. Masha'Allah. This
0: miswak, this sounds very interesting, Afa Definitely something we need to look into, Masha'Allah. On the dental level, uh, please remind us or motivate us on why the miswak is so
1: good for our teeth. So maybe you could tell us more about how it actually works, please. Good oral health has a major influence on one's general quality of life and well-being. It has a serious impact. So many chronic and systemic diseases have been associated with poor oral health. We see a need globally for safe, effective, and economical oral hygiene products, and the miswa fits this description perfectly. I call it going the ancient way, naturally. And the beneficial mm-hmm. effect of miswak in respect of other hygiene are partly due to its mechanical action and partly due to its pharmacological action. So the mechanical action is easy to understand. we physically we, we rubbing our teeth like how we use a toothbrush. That's the mechanical mm-hmm. action. But the chemical action, most people don't know. The miswak contains many different chemical compounds. That's natural chemical compounds found in the toothbrush tree. And all are essential for dental health. So, here's a quick list, and then we'll detail all their benefits. So, in the miswak, you get tannic acid, silica, volatile oils, resin, sulfur, vitamin C, sodium bicarbonate, fluoride, calcium, and some sticks like from the neem seed. It contains the dentist's mm-hmm. the, the fluoride. So, when the two oh. are in the, the miswak, the fresh set is released and has an anti cariogenic effect. That means it takes away, decay. The fluoride mm-hmm. and the leathers in it also prevent carry. The release of calcium and fluoride strengthens the teeth. The silica removes stain, and due to its abrasive nature, it promotes whiteness of the teeth. The chloride in the miswa, it removes stains as well. The tendons reduces plaque and gingivitis and acts as an astringent. And then it also has essential oils. This has a characteristic aroma and stimulates saliva flow. Vitamin C in the miswak assists in repairing and healing the tissues of the mouth. And sodium bicarbonate acts as a gentrifice due to its mild abrasive properties and also has a mild germicidal action. And then calcium promotes remineralization of the enamel. So there's lots to consider from the miswak
0: so interesting, SubhanAllah, and you mentioned the fluoride, I didn't know that, Masha'Allah. Um, Doctor, I think you probably get asked this question, the next question many times. When we when we take the miswath and we take the toothbrush that we would buy at the pharmacy or the supermarket and then the toothpaste, how
1: do they compare in terms of efficacy, please? Okay, so from the recent research and previous studies, most have shown a superior effect of miswak over the conventional toothbrush. The natural chewing stick is still being used in many developing countries, like the Middle East, due to the low cost simplicity and availability. And miswak has also been incorporated into many mouthwashes, chewing gum, toothpaste, dental cements, and dental varnishes. And all the studies reported a positive effect of miswak. Was it anti plast, antifungal, anti-alcer, anti-cardiogenic, promotional wound healing and whitening properties? And the three main components of enamel, the fluoride, calcium and phosphate, are all found in the miswak, and hence its potential to remineralize the enamel. And low levels of tooth loss in adults have been found in countries where mitwak is widely used. And it's amazing that 30 years ago, I did a program for Radio Islam on the Miswak, and all this information was not available. Now, research research has been carried out, and 1,400 years later, we've seen the benefits of the Miswak, which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam informed us about.
0: Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar.
1: So, let's
0: come to the Sunnah part, Doctor. Uh, Can you, and again, our aim is to inspire, to motivate everyone to be using their miswah. Uh, Could Doctor take us through a bit on that, please, in terms of the virtues? You could share with us, I know there's many, but if Doctor could share with us a few of the virtues of the miswah that could, inshallah, motivate us to pick up our miswahs and use
1: them consistently virtues. Miswa creates a fragrance in the mouth and eliminates bad odors. It improves the sense of taste, assists in eliminating toothache, prevents further increase of pain, which already sets in. It's affordable and effective. It increases a person's eloquence, it strengthens the gums and strengthens the eyesight. It sharpens the memory, aids digestion, and the reward of salai is increased, it removes the yellowness from the teeth and causes it to glow. It prevents tooth decay. And some scholars have mentioned up to 72 benefits of using the miswak. The smallest being the freshness of the prayer, and the greatest being the remembrance of the kalima at the time of death. So, when using the miswak, you should remember to make an intention of performing a sunnah act. After all, another virtue is used in using the miswak is for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, it comes in a hadith Bismillahir and the Aisha said, uh, the Prophet said, the miswat cleanses and purifies the mouth and pleases the Rabb. So uh, this hadith informs us of two great benefits, one relating to this world and the other to the year after. The worldly benefit is the cleaning of the mouth whereby offensive odors are removed by the use of miswah. And the benefit for the year after is the gaining of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is our goal and aim it in life.
0: Mm, SubhanAllah. And our our sunnah doctor is so beautiful so for them, that there's always adab in everything. Uh, adab in eating, drinking other in the, every aspect of our lives, but when it comes to the miswak, I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit more about that. Is there an adab to how we use the miswaq, uh, how we store it? What do we learn from the Sunnah of Nabi As-S1 in terms of the
1: efficacy of the miswak? clean cleanliness is key, but the miswak stick should be straight and clean and not curled. The lens should be a hand span, it is makru to lie down and perform miswak. This can cause inflammation of the spleen. Also makru to use the miswak in the toilet. The miswak cannot be used from both ends. Do, you, do not use a twig of an un because this can be poisonous. And the head of the miswak should not be too soft or too hard. And it's an ideal gift. So nowadays you get a storage pack for the miswak it looks like um, like a pen, like a Parker pen. So it it, it mm-hmm. looks nice. When you're carrying it around in your pocket, and you're not showing the mizwak itself, but just a beautiful pen holder. And and I I checked on the internet. I think the very smart ones go like for two thousand three hundred then. Subhanallah, uh,
0: Doctor, in talking about um, you know your line of work, your expertise as a dental practitioner. Have you ever come across patients where using the miswak is a disadvantage to them?
1: Uh, yes, we, we, we have. And I oh. think it's because they're not using it correctly. So because the bristles, ah. if you picture the miswak, the bristles lie in the long axis of the stick. And the bristles of a toothbrush lie perpendicular, so at right angles to the brush handle. It makes it very difficult to reach the teeth far back on the lower teeth, like on the side face mm. of the tongue. Mm-hmm. That's one that's disadvantage. And then the miswak users tend to be in the habit of cleaning their front teeth only. So, if you see somebody sitting at a wedding and they have their miswak with them, they're in public, so they're not going to clean their back teeth. They got in the habit of just confining their cleaning to the front teeth only, and they ignore the posterior or the back teeth. They do this for ease and saving time, but then they're not, um, doing a solid job in cleaning their teeth. And then you get gingival recession or receding gums. Oh. Uh, This is also seen more often with the miswak users uh, due to mechanical trauma. Like the miswak is performed correctly, it's not soft enough, so it damages the gum and causes the gum to move downwards. And that gives you a gum issue. And then another problem with the miswak users is interdental cleaning. It's very limited with the miswak. So as Muslims, we should not deprive ourselves of the tremendous amount of reward which this noble practice carries. But I have to emphasize that our diets are very different from yesteryear and from other countries. So I advocate the combination of conventional toothbrush, interdental brushes, mm-hmm. toothpaste, floss, mouthwash, and the miswak. And then on a lighter note, Mishwak, mm-hmm. it, does, it mm-hmm. is not for the list of Israeli items to be boycotted, mm-hmm. and it has no mis- <laughs> So so all the, problems, all the problems can be overcome by correct uh, by teaching the patients how to use a miswak correctly. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Doctor, to clarify, you're saying, because of um, like um, our, our, our dental habits, also our lifestyle, our food and all of that, keeping that in mind, that we use both our toothbrush and our mishwak to make sure that we are reaching all the places, that we avoiding cavity and plaque buildup. up is, is that correct? So, we use both of them morning and evening, or mishwak yes, more often, getting, of course. But I'm getting the reward for it. Mm, Insha'Allah. Ameen, Ya Rabbi. Insha'Allah. Uh, Doctor, we believe has something very special you are sharing with us today in the context of Palestine, please.
1: Okay. First I had my gentle humor, and then I'll move on to Palestine. Oh, please do. Please do. I'd love to hear that. Bismillah. Just, just a story. There was once a man who loved to follow the sunnah practice of the miswak. So wherever and wherever he went, he would carry it along. He carried the twig with him. So one fine day he was caught speeding so the traffic officer stopped him and said you have to be fined for speeding so the man said yes. subhanallah as this was also his practice it was a habit to say subhanallah then the officer yes. said you're not wearing a seat belt so your fine increases yes. and again the man went subhanallah and again yes. the annoyed officer said you also have a kid on the front seat and this further increases your fine the man went, subhanallah, and took out his mishwag <laughs> from his shirt pocket and started to use it. The astonished officer said, what are you doing now? The man says, I'm cleaning my teeth. Immediately, the officer then destroyed the fine, thinking that if the guy cannot afford a toothbrush, how on earth would he afford the fine? <laughs> then many models to the story apa, do not speak, wear belts. No kids in the front. Always always mm-hmm. say Analda and use a miswak. it can save the day.
0: I have only one thing to say. Yeah, Subhanallah. <laughs> Masha'Allah. Excellent. Excellent. I, I I, I would hope many more people have a senses like you with that humor. There will be less gentle anxiety in the world, insha'Allah. Adhak Allah. And, uh, as much as we, you know, yes, we had our moment to chuckle. We know our hearts are always heavy until Palestine is free. Until Al Quds is liberated and back in the hands of the Muslims completely. Um, please take us through something about that,
1: inshallah. Just, just my thing. Allahumma, Kitab, Sari al Hisab, Ihzim al Ahzab. Allahumma, hum wa Zalzilhum. O Allah, the revealer of the holy book, the quick taker of the account. Please defeat the enemy forces. O Allah, defeat them and take them. اللهم اسلي اهول فلسطين اللهم اسلي اهول Al Muslimina fee Philistine, Wa people in Makan, Yazo Jalali, Walikram, O oh, Allah, rectify the affairs of the Palestine, O oh, Allah, rectify the affairs of the Muslims in Palestine, and in every place, O oh, Allah, O oh, Majesty, and O oh, Bounty. Allahumma inni at Aluka fee Al khayrat, waterfal munkarat, wahufal masakin, wahantakfirali, waharhamni, wahiza wa tarhamni, fitna tani comin, but fi wafani gayra mafjunin, at Aluka hukaka, wahufa may you hippuka.
0: Ya Alameen. Ya Al Doctor, it's been such an honor to have you with us today to remind us, to teach us, to inform and enlighten us about the work, about this beautiful Sunnah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill our hearts with love for the sunnah and love for all the sunnah. We make du'a that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to keep and use you as a beacon of light, to be a joyful, cheerful dentist to all her wonderful patients. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to increase your beneficial knowledge and to be of those that love and live with Sunnah, Ameen, ya
1: Alameen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. May Allah increase His love for you and propel you to even greater heights. Assalamu alaikum wa rah-
0: wa rahmatullahi wa today we were hearing from apa dr Hawa muhammad apa is a dentist and also a graduate of zainab institute where she completed her alima course and remains a student of Deen. alhamdulillah all about the miswak. work and if you missed this you can always follow back on the podcast inshallah that will be on the radio islam website listen play back to it and share it with to other mothers and sisters, insha'Allah. We then go for an ad break and return with more after this. To stay with us. A warm welcome to our second segment of this hour. And insha'Allah, in this segment, we're going to focus on becoming better Muslims. How is it that we can learn from our mistakes? I mean, very often, you know, we are stuck by the mistake that we're making and that holds us back from actually growing. It holds us back from actually... Uh, improving on ourselves. Now, Michael Jordan, the great, one of the greatest basketball players of his time, said, I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. In fact, the lessons learned from mistakes often provide a more lasting and powerful impact. Than those learn from doing things right it was winston churchill who said all men make mistakes but only wise men learn from their mistakes presumably women are included in that too now some mistakes are made out of ignorance when a bedouin came to a masjid in medina Munawwarah and began urinating in it the companions wanted to attack him for such conduct instead Rasulullah sallallahu dealt with the incident with such care and understanding patiently explaining to the Bedouin the purpose of the masjid and then asked someone to clean the affected area today Muslims are often quick to correct forcefully what they see as the ritual errors of those new to Islam it is important indeed to help others learn but we have been shown that we must do this with gentleness and understanding. Other mistakes that we relate to things we know we should not do it to, for example, lying or gossiping about another person, we can learn from Abu Bakr, anhu, who once said something that may have hurt another of his companions' feelings. Abu Bakr anhu, immediately understood his own mistake and he ordered his friend. Say it back to me. The other person refused. When Abu Bakr anhu, went to Rasulullah for advice, Rasulullah checked the story and advised the Sahabi. Rather say, May Allah forgive you, O Abu Bakr. As Abu Bakr anhu, walked away after receiving his admonition, he cried. You can imagine he never did this again. Of course, there are mistakes we make over and over again. It takes effort to adhere daily to the key rituals of Islam, both correctly and on time. To be consistently kind and sincere. To remain humble in all circumstances. To treat all people equally, regardless of their status, nationality. To be generous with what we have, and to genuinely want for others what we want for ourselves. Yet it is never too late to aspire to change. In a hadith recorded in at tirmidhi we learn that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi said, every son of Adam makes mistakes, and the best of those who make mistakes are those who repent. Mistakes made by some of the 25 anbiya, alayhimu mentioned in the Quran, were pointed out so that we can learn from them. Adam Alayhi error of judgment is well documented, right? The story of eating from the tree. Our understanding as Muslims is that Adam and Hawa السلام, subsequently repented for their sins and Allah accepted their sincere repentance. In this context, there is no need for a perpetual feeling of guilt or for perpetual punishment. Mistakes can be forgiven. Dawood is known for his vanquishing of Jalut. He is known for his melodious psalms, for his sound judgment, a wisdom as a judge. Yet he too was not free from erring. When two brothers came up to him, one was an ewe, the other was 99, he heard the first one complaining that the other even wanted his single ewe. Dawood made a decision about who was right without even hearing from the opposing party. He subsequently realized that his God-given gifts of wisdom and justice were not there to be used just in any way. So despite or perhaps because of his position as king, he asked forgiveness from Allah for any self-pride and haste and he was indeed forgiven. Yunus alayhi salam made the mistake of giving up. He was angry that the people of Nineveh would not listen to his call to worship one God. And so he boarded a boat, was overthrown by the coast sailors in an attempt to calm the storm, followed by a gigantic fish, and finally when he was in the darkness of the fish and the darkness of the night, he called out in distress to Allah and asked for forgiveness. Allah heard and Allah forgave. He gave Yunus mm-hmm. another chance. Even, you know, Rasulullah was reprimanded in the chapter of Abasa, the story of Abasa, and you can read more about that in the Qur'an Kareem. We continue to make those very same mistakes today not following guidance given by those who are looking out for our best interests, being quick to judge a situation, giving up easily, and treating people differently. Right, we see that all the time, and even in our own lives. Stephen Covey, the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, recommends. When you make a mistake, admit it, correct it, and learn from it immediately. It is a good advice, but omits the need to also ask for forgiveness. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in a hadith Qudsi, O son of Adam, so long as you call upon me and ask of me, I shall forgive you for what you have done, and I shall not mind. O son of Adam, were your sins to reach the clouds of the sky, and were you then to ask forgiveness of me, I would forgive you. O son of Adam, were you to come to me with sins nearly as great as the earth, and were you then to face me, ascribing no partner to me, I would bring you forgiveness nearly as great as it. I only wish that we would become a little more forgiving of each other. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Help us to be such, insha'Allah. Amin. Now, as we enter the last few moments of this program, I would love to share with you a beautiful, refreshing perspective for those of us that have children or grandchildren or have children in our care. This is something so beautiful. It goes as follows. Ask children what kind of a prophet's day they had. So whether it's, especially I think with our own children or grandchildren, this is something we can do regularly with them. And it's such a refreshing way and how to uh, connect and make relevant the Anbiya musala, to our children's lives, the author authorized. Ask children what kind of a prophet's day they had? Was it like a Yunus alayhi salam day that you felt alone and trapped and fought to give up? Was it like a Musa day that you weren't sure if you could do what you were tasked with? Was it like a Maryam day where someone mocked and judged or made you feel rejected? Was it like a Hajj day? that you prayed, then acted, and therefore were able to quench your own needs and protect someone else you cared for? Was it like a Dawood day that you had to stand up by yourself to a bully? Was it like a Suleiman day that you were so present in your surroundings, you felt you could talk and connect with the animals and creation around you even if you felt alone? Was it like a Nuh day, that you stayed strong in what you believed in, even as people laughed at your concerted, quiet confidence? Was it like a Yusuf day, that you stayed humble even as you achieved leadership and were in charge of everything? Was it like an Adam or Hawa day, that you felt maybe scared you didn't know what lay ahead and everything seemed new and overwhelming was it like in isa day that you spoke up and defended someone even though you felt small was it like a nabi muhammad wasalam, day that you smiled easily at others and they thanked you for your kindness the author of this piece afifa saeed writes Spiritualize our youngsters' struggles and successes by humanizing change-makers of scripture and bringing them alive to the reality of our days. So, Ameen. And that is beautiful, subhanAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who take our true role models and allow ourselves to humanize them as they were human, just like us. And be able to see ourselves through them. InshaAllah Amin. And with that, as we get closer towards the end of the programme, I do want to take this time to share with you and inshaAllah for us to continue as duh took us through and to continue with the dua for Palestine. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our dua's and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill our hearts. With love for Palestine. Ameen Ya Rabb alameen. Ya Rabbana, allow the winds of Hidayah to blow in the four corners of the world through the blooded tears and sacrifice of the people of the Mubarak land. Ya Rabbana, turn the outward catastrophe into Rahma for the Ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Rabbana just as the Sahaba felt dejected at the treaty of Hudaybiyah, but by your plan and wisdom, it was the means of fath we ask you alone to make this a means. Masjid al-Aqsa remains, returns into the control of the Ummah. Ya Rabbana, the people of Palestine are paying a high price on behalf of the entire Ummah. Make it a means of every Ummati turning to you in performing five daily salah in worshipping you with ihsan and leaving out sins and all acts of your displeasure ya rabbana let the eyes of our hearts open and realize the deception of this world and the evil agendas of the kuffar turn our hearts towards your deen fill it with your love the love of the Akhirah and the love of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his sunnah. Ya Rabbana, we beseech you to end the suffering of the babies in Gaza. Make them a means of their parents entering into Jannah. Our hearts are shattered. Our tears have turned into blood. But we have full hope in your mercy and complete conviction of your assistance to our brothers and sisters in Gaza. Ya Rabbana. Ya Allah, please accept, hear and accept our du'as. Ameen, Ya al Alameen. We ask you to continue on a daily basis keeping the people of Khazza in your du'as. Ameen. The one thing that we want to share with you today, insha'allah, is this beautiful narrative because we're hearing about so many people uh, coming to Islam after October 7th converting to Islam, or wanting to learn more about Islam, or starting to read copies of the Qur'an, to understand the spiritual resilience and the strong Iman of the people of Palestine. SubhanAllah. So, what I want to share with you today is one man's example of how he came to Islam, and it literally is through Surah al A German medical scholar said, I was traveling one day and I met a young man at the airport who presented me with a translator's copy of the Qur'an. I thanked him and put the copy in my pocket with the intention of throwing it in the trash after the young man was out of sight so as not to embarrass him. The doctor forgot the copy in his pocket, boarded the plane, and because of the length of the journey and the boredom that permeates it, he said, I took out my copy of the quran from my pocket when i felt its presence and then i opened it and turned the pages so my eyes fell on surah Al as i read then two verses stopped me and they are allah saying glory be to him that means and you see the sun when it turn- rises it turns away from their cave to the right and when it sets it turns towards them to the left while they are in a gap thereof And the verse that means, and you think they are awake while they are lying down, and we turn them to the right and to the left, and their dog stretches out its forearms with a catch. The doctor says that turning them over while they are sleeping is understandable in order that their bodies do not soar if they remain asleep in one position. But what surprised the doctor was, he said, it said in the ayah before that, And you see the sun when it rises it turns away from their cave to the right and when it sets it turns towards them to the left meaning that the sun enters the cave every day but it does not come directly on their bodies and he says that this is known in the medical science in order not to get bed sores it must be a ventilated room and the sun enters it without it being directly on the body And then the doctor went back to thinking about the next verse where he says that really in order for ulcers not to occur the lying meaning the person lying down must be turned over so the body does not fester and rot and be eaten by the earth but what amazed the doctor was that their dog was not turning over like them but rather spreading its arms in one position for 309 years and his body did not ulcerate or rot. This prompted the German doctor to study the physiology of dogs, and what amazed him was that he found that dogs have unique glands under their skin that secrete a substance that prevents skin ulceration as long as there is life in the dog's body, even if they do not move and turn right and left like the humans in the cave. The doctor became Muslim because of this miraculous matter. What amazed me is that the German doctor, from his first reading of Surah Al Kahf, was stopped by miraculous things and he did not just read without contemplation as many of us Muslims do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to worship Allah properly through proper religious knowledge and to reflect on the Quran. In Surah 38, Ayah 29, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, this is a blessed book which we have revealed to you, O Prophet, so that they may contemplate its verses and people of reason may be mindful. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala make us mindful of the Quran Kareem and may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala guide us so that we turn to the quran and we read and we understand and memorize and implement and contemplate what we read in the quran amin and with that لله, we come to the close of another edition of the program and look forward to joining you next week inshallah we make dua that for all those that are getting ready for a new school, madrasa, uloom, study, yeah? that Allah places plenty of barakah in your time, in your efforts and preparations. Until we meet again next week, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you in afiyah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.